Welcome to Amplify, the personal brand business show. Today on the show, Bob is speaking with Abby C. If you don't do it, someone else will do it and it'll really annoy you. So just do the thing, whatever it is that's going on in your mind. And if you can't do it by yourself, do what I did, which is collaborate with someone that you really enjoy working with or that you really enjoy spending time with anyway because Nikki and I it is very hard work but we have such a great time in the development of it and the planning of it and the execution so go for it. Hi there and welcome back to the Personal Brand Business Show. My name is Bob Gentle and every week I speak with incredible people who share their secrets to building, marketing and monetizing your expertise and the mindset you need for your business to grow and thrive and if you are new to the show or you're not new to the show and you haven't subscribed yet take a second while you still have that device in your hand to subscribe and again while you have that device in your hand you could consider a five-star review that's five like the fingers on your hand wherever you're listening to your podcast so this week we're talking messaging we're talking about really the point that connects between you and the people who matter the most to you, either the people you serve or the people you sell to, and obviously, ideally, both of those. This week, I'm thrilled to be joined by Abby C, one half of the outstanding Adventures in Marketing conference in Edinburgh. Abby, welcome to the show. Hi, Bob. Thanks so much for having me. So I've been looking forward to this for ages, and I have a nasty habit of running away with myself when I'm excited. So... Pulling myself back for a moment, could you maybe just start by telling us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and the kind of work you do? Yeah, thanks, of course. So I'm Abby C and I live in a small seaside town in Fife in Scotland. And I am a copywriter and content creator and messaging coach for big-hearted coaches and creative business owners. I make that distinction every time I introduce myself because I love working with people who place integrity at the heart of what they do in their work so that they can make the world a better place for their clients and customers. Um, So I help people get clarity with their messaging and I help them find the confidence and the strategies to get out there and talk about the work that they do in a way that makes them feel really good but crucially also brings in sales. I think what's really interesting listening to you speak is something I see a lot which is often those who shout loudest get first and particularly on social media we don't often see those people who are actually the most valuable because they are modest people. Sometimes they're not secure with personal visibility. And this is why I say a business like yours is really important because people don't actually, if they were to go to a networking event locally, for example, they get to build a like, know, and trust. They get to build a bit of a network and that's great, but it doesn't scale tremendously well. So working with somebody like you to take that online becomes really powerful because they're not articulate really online. Most people are modest to the point where it's not really serving them or their business. So when you describe working with big hearted businesses, Mm. it's very easy to just move past that flippantly and start talking tech and tactics. But what's your, I guess, reflection on 
the people that you really want to serve. So what you said there is just incredible because that's that's kind of the whole purpose behind what I do and the way I do it. I'm a you know, we're all very real people, but I make it a priority that I am a hundred percent myself in every way that I show up for my work and that I'm the exact same person if you were to meet me in a social setting or if you were to see me with my friends and family. So I'm the same person everywhere you come across me, basically. And that's because I want people to know that you can be and you deserve to be yourself when you're doing this work on in the online space. Now, I'm a Scottish woman. I'm just about to enter my 50s. You know, I live in a bigger body that I've got loads of real life troubles going on around me while I'm doing this work. And it would feel disingenuous for me to pretend that that isn't what's happening just because I work in the online space. One of the first sort of signals that I got that this was the right way to to go is I got a message from somebody who said to me her exact words were thank you for being so unapologetically you it gives me permission to be me and you know that gives me goosebumps every time I think about it because what what an amazing thing to to help someone realize they're allowed to do so that's the first thing based on what you just said there Bob but the other part of it about the big hearted element is that when I do my work and the clients that I love to work with do their work um, it doesn't always come from that desire to make lots of money and to have you know we've got the skill and therefore we're going to use it there's there's always more in there and it's about genuinely wanting to make an impact genuinely wanting to improve something for the people that you work for and work with so I'm not really interested in working with people whose main focus is a target of income I mean I want everyone to be wealthy and I want everyone to succeed but I want to work with people who genuinely crave connection and making their clients world better and that can be from a service perspective so that you know coaches enhance people's lives or they give them skills or make their you know make something happen that they didn't have before but also for product-based businesses I love working with creative business owners who put their art and creativity into what they do because they want to make their customers lives better by making it more beautiful or having nicer earrings or you know giving them a confidence boost so it's the making things better that really gets me and the trouble with that is that when heart-led people try to get out there into the world and make sales and run their business in a strategic way, it can feel really hard because the heart and the sales don't always combine. And that's where the messaging part comes in for me. I think what I see quite often, and this is, I guess, reflecting back to where I see you being really valuable in the way that you work is when we do business in our local community, we get a reputation and yeah. people either like us or they don't like us. And those people who like us refer us. And a lot of the time we have no idea what people actually value about us. Mm. We just 
seem to be lucky in business or unlucky in business, depending on the weather of these sort of webs of relationships. When you go online, that doesn't work anymore. It, it does work to an extent, but if you want to be able to market yourself properly, you need to understand what is it that people find value about, valuable about you. And people find this extremely difficult. There are some people who will make up stuff and that can work. And that's actually a large part of the marketing industry. Mm. But if you want to come across as authentically you, somebody needs to hold up a mirror and say, this is what people value about you. And then find a way to express it. And people find that very hard. So how do you help them through that process? Oh, this is a really chunky question. So I think partly I am talented at seeing someone from a perspective they can't see themselves. It's it's just I've always been able to create really strong relationships with people from a very early age where I kind of shine the light back on them and they love how I see them. You know, they love the version of themselves through my eyes. So that's, that's, I don't think that's something you can teach. So there's, there's that element of it. But when I'm working with, with clients, we always go back to the basics of messaging and that, that looks at, as well as your own mindset around messaging, it looks at your offer and it looks at your people. And then we really dig into how the offer matches the, what the people need. And it's in those conversations that we really then start to unpick how my client will do a certain thing or what makes them unique or what, what makes them different from their competitors. So it's almost always in conversation in a, a one-to-one situation like this where we'll be talking about one thing and then ideas will spring from there. So, yes, but as, as you say, it's Im- almost impossible to do by yourself because you need that mirror and you need someone who's pulling out all of the right questions to actually then, you know, lead on to a new idea or a new a new topic or theme that someone's maybe just never even thought of before. Does that answer your question? It does. Um, I had an interesting image spring to mind. I used to have an employee whose dad was a portrait artist mm. and he just painted portraits of military officers. That was his entire career. And what was interesting, well, since I've known him, I've, I've watched other artists and photographers. And what's interesting is you could be a great painter, but not necessarily a great portrait painter. Mm-hmm. Similarly, with a, as a photographer, you can be an amazing technical photographer, but not necessarily great at portraits. And the difference between a portrait artist and somebody who's technically a good artist is the portrait artist can see the person, mm-hmm. can see something in that person and find a way to express it that makes them feel like they've been unlocked and presented to the world in a way that they couldn't present themselves. Yeah. And I guess that's the difference between a great copywriter and somebody who's great at key messaging for people. It's not necessarily the same thing. No, definitely. And it was the missing piece for me when I first started writing specifically for clients. So I started writing blogs for clients back in 2015 and then I had no idea about messaging. I had been working in marketing for a long time, but the messaging piece, I just still don't think is talked about enough. 
And so I would write for clients and I found it so hard because I did feel like words for hire, you know, someone wanted a, a blog post or they wanted a web page written, but they, they themselves didn't really understand the bigger picture of what that one tool could give them or, or where it could take them. And so I really found it difficult to be a traditional copywriter because I needed to know this extra bit. I, I don't know if it's my personality or just the way that I work, but I need to know what the bigger picture is and I need to understand what the purpose and the intent is behind everything that I do. So that's why messaging made so much sense for me. I need to be able to work on messaging even if that's not actually the job that I'm booked to do. So um, it just made so much sense to start helping other people work out how critical the messaging piece actually is to the puzzle and then help them do it. So for the listeners, maybe an idea for us to maybe unpack key messaging yeah. a little bit yeah. because there'll be people listening thinking, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think for me, I know as somebody who spent a large part of my career in web design, that the average website visit is seven seconds. Yeah. And yet traditional copywriters are writing for somebody who's there for a little while. So where does key messaging coming in come in? And how do you go about moving from lots of words to distilling it down into if somebody's there for like five seconds, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. So messaging is basically the foundation in your marketing because it helps a potential client work out what you do, how you do it and how you can help them. So it's what you say on your web pages. It's what you say in your social media content, in your emails. It's how you introduce yourself. You know, it goes on and on. It's everywhere. Um, and so when you are grappling with very short attention spans, which let's face it, we all are if we're trying to market ourselves, we are all trying to capture someone's attention with lots and lots of competition. So if you're talking about a web, the homepage, for example, the first thing that you need to do is work out who it is that you're trying to attract and make the very first words that your potential client or your website visitor actually comes into contact with is about them and not about you. So, you know, calling all creative business owners or you're a content creator who is, and then you list out what is going on there because immediately the person who's visiting the site was probably expecting, hi, I'm such and such and I do this. Whereas if you flip it and make it about the person that's visiting, suddenly their, their interest is already peaked because they know that this is relatable to them and their experiences. So as you're listening, I'm thinking about my own website and I think I get some things right and I get some things perhaps wrong. But I think one thing I'm very aware of is somebody needs to know very, very quickly, this is the place for me. This is the yeah. person for me. And not ask them to think too much about them. Really, you're speaking to the heart a lot of the time. Yep. How does that filter into things like product copy and what, what we have come to know as offers and things like that? 
So again, it's all about the person. And that's you know, one of the things that I focus on a lot with clients is actually getting back to the messaging basics because, you know, we all run out there thinking, right, great, I've got this brilliant offer. So many people are going to love it. I'm just going to talk about it all the time. And you could be the most experienced marketer and in your haste to do well or in your excitement to connect with people about this new idea, you can forget that this isn't in any way about you. It's about the person that is going to come into um, contact with the content or who's interested in your offer. So doing that, the work on the person is critical. And so when you have an offer that you want to launch, the main things that we're looking for are being clear on who we want to attract and what it is that they really, really need. And, you know, I often talk obviously about my own example because it's easier. So I write content and copy for business owners, but so what? You know, people don't really want to pay me to write. There's another, there's a whole other area that they really want. And that is that they want a website that they're happy to send potential clients to, or that they want content that will convert into sales. So that's what they're paying me for. The way that we get there is through my, the words that I write for them. So when you have an offer and when you have a product, you have to work out what the overall results are of that offer and critically what that offer will actually do for the person who's buying it long after you're out of the picture. So like a health coach, you know, what is it that they're really doing with this program, the summer program that they're creating? Are they helping people lose weight? And if so, why does that person want to lose weight? What is in the bigger picture for them? And when you really dig into the wants and the desires and the hopes of the people that you're trying to help, then you can create really genuine and positive copy that will encourage people to feel hopeful and actually go for it. So if we look at most people's online ecosystem, they have some social media stuff going on. They probably, they're doing some email marketing. They've got a website. They've probably got different content formats, podcast, video. The more seriously you take it, I guess, often the more diverse your portfolio of output. If somebody was looking at beginning a process of trying to tighten up key messaging or create more effective key messaging, where's the first place to start from your perspective? Well, I probably have a different school of thought with this than most people, but I genuinely think that your website is the first place to really start looking at, at new, newly created messaging because it's well, it's the place that people will go if they've seen you on social media, if they're already thinking about buying from you or want to know more about your work, they will look for a website for you. And there are lots of social media experts out there that will tell you you don't have to run your business with a website now and that's fine if that's if that suits you but I always encourage my clients to go for the website option first because it gives you authority it really helps with building trust with people who are going to be spending money with you and it just gives you this huge opportunity to play around with your messaging until it feels right so if you look at my website, my messaging is, is the same on every page, but there's slightly different 
uh, messaging for each of the services. The messaging on my about page is different from the home page, but it all says more or less the same thing. And that's, you don't get an opportunity to really explore all the different things that you want to see in one place other than your website. And it's also a great place to store those messages. So quite often, if I want to create a post, I'll know that I've written a really smart, snappy sentence or two about that offer or service on my website. So I can go back to it and just grab it and use it elsewhere. And it's also a kind of sort of a slow launch. You can slowly tweak your messaging on your website without it feeling like, you know, you have to make this big announcement that you've got new messaging on LinkedIn or or Instagram. So I think once you get your website in alignment, it does the world of good for you and your confidence and your pride, your sense of self-pride, as well as getting really clear on who you help and what you do. Because when you, as we all know, when you create a website, you have to have all that information in an easy, accessible place for people to, to get it and know what it is. So starting there, and then the next thing I would do is just make sure that wherever else you appear online, as soon as people land on your profiles, it's all saying the same thing. So, you know, if you have a Facebook group, make sure your key message appears as early in the group as possible on your bios and all the different social media places. Make sure that the colors are consistent, that the images are consistent so that you're leaving a really strong impression of who you are and what you do and how you help people everywhere people can actually access that. I think that's extremely good advice. I think something I'm very aware of is looking at the average buyer's journey. People are triggered often online. The impulse will sometimes mm-hmm. begin online, but the, uh, well, on social rather, or in an email. But decisions are made on websites. Yeah, and you make webs you make decisions easier for people if you have websites that are clearly designed to facilitate those decisions. Yeah, you had an impulse. I've arrived on the website. I'm. Um, be given the confidence on the website that this next step makes sense for you. Yes, you can do business without a website, but it's always going to be more efficient if you do have a website that makes it easy for people to think through things and feel good about those decisions, see clearly what it is they're getting into and yeah, be influenced by other people as well, things like testimonials. Yeah. So what does the process with you typically look like? So I knock on the door and say, Abby, my website's rubbish. <laughs> what happens next? So we have a chat, first of all, to make sure that we are a good fit and that I'm the right person to help. Whenever people come to me, there's they might find it quite difficult to articulate what it is that they really want. You know, I said earlier, people will come and they'll say, oh, I want a really a really well-written homepage or I just want a nice welcome sequence that really gives people a good idea of who I am. But I, as I've said, need to know that there's a bigger picture. And even if I'm not part of that bigger picture, um, I just want to be clear that my client or potential client has thought it through that they know why they're doing what they're doing with me and then what they'll be doing next. So there's there's a bit of a conversation there. And if I'm not the person to help, then um, at least I can help 
help that client work out what their next step is. And more often than not, I'll be able to recommend someone who is the right person to help. So it's a wee bit, you know, the clarity call is a bit of a cliche, but it's really essential because a lot of the time people are quite vulnerable when they when they jump on a call. And what we have to remember as the business experts is that a lot of the time the clients don't have the language, they don't have the vocabulary mm. that they about to actually explain what it is that they want. I really struggled with that when I started out in business. I didn't know what things were called, so I didn't know what to ask for. So yeah, that's another great big tick towards clear messaging is, you know, it really helps people understand because confused people do not buy. So it starts with the clarity call. And then if it's, if we've got an opportunity to go ahead and work together, I like to do a messaging x-ray, which is, you know, really hone in on my client's business, what they want, what they have been doing up till now, why it hasn't been working, who they're who they're working with, what their offers are, all that kind of thing. And then I put the everything through my framework, which is called the Blitz messaging framework. And I've developed that over the years of working with clients to really help them find an authentic way to create um, messaging because you pointed out earlier there's an awful lot of advice out there online and it is really difficult to know who to turn to and who really is the expert or who's the person that's read the most um, it's also really easy to just give your money to someone because of this lack of vocabulary and understanding it's really easy to give your money to the wrong person it's not the right next step after the clarity call, we come down, we do the messaging x-ray, um, whatever I said about the messaging x-ray, and then I take all of that knowledge and insight, which is so valuable, and I put it through the Blitz messaging framework, and I take all of that information and the insight from these sessions and put it through the Blitz messaging framework so that I work with my client to create really authentic, genuine and positive marketing messaging that makes my client feel really good about the way they're explaining their work or promoting their work, but that will make their potential clients feel seen and heard and understood. And in the online world, as we all know as consumers, as well as being service providers, it's really important to feel seen and heard and understood as a customer. Yeah. And so that's what, that's what happens with the, the messaging X-ray. So before we roll on to talk about the conference, which is where, where I want to go next, <laughs> for the listener who's thinking Blitz Framework, can you very briefly just yes. walk us through it? Okay, so the Blitz framework, first of all, is my rebellious act against all of the bro marketing that we've all grown up with over the last five to 10 years online. Um, I believe that the key to being authentic online and to feeling confident enough to be yourself is to be positive, to have positive impact with the people that you come into contact with every day. So the Blitz framework is my way of creating positive psychological marketing messaging. So it stands for building empathy, lifting with hope, inspire and ignite, 
truth and facts and zapping fears. And when you put your marketing messaging through that framework, you come out with some really juicy and genuine and relatable content and messaging that people love and that most of all, you are really happy to get out there and share. I think what I love about that is you talk about the bro marketers where often they're marketing to our basest um, triggers. Yeah, it's, it's greed, it's fear, it's often the fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. Whereas what you're describing here, for me, it speaks a lot to what you said about most people don't have the language to know what they want. Like, what did I write down? People don't know what to ask for because they don't know it ex- even exists. Yeah. That's what we really need to overcome. And mm-hmm. that a Blitz framework allows you to do that in a very gentle and authentic and generous way. So I really like that. Yeah, thank you. Now, I was at the Adventures in Marketing Conference last month. Yeah, month? well, still this month, but this only month. just. <laughs> so when you're listening, it'll be last month. And it was yeah. really good. For the listener, I only went because it was down the road and I did not have high expectations. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I had them, I, I was a slap in the face that something like that was in Scotland. I was really impressed. I was braced for a room full of in-house corporate marketers only to discover that it wasn't that at all. That was delightful. Um, it was lots of online business owners and people supporting that community, which is entirely my people. So I had a great time. And my expectations were way exceeded. So if you are in Scotland or even in the UK and you want to get in on a marketing conference, that's awesome. I'd say it, it's it's boutique, but it's beautifully done. It's definitely one to look at. But I don't want to blow smoke. What I do want to ask is, what's the origin story? Because something like that is a big undertaking. Yes. And what triggered that? Okay, so I am a co-founder and co-host of Adventures in Marketing alongside my um, friend, Nikki Hutchison. Now, Nikki's worked in marketing for a number of years. She is, you know, a really talented marketing strategist, amongst many other things. And Nikki and I, she lives in Edinburgh. I live in Fife. We've been in and out of each other's worlds um, since just before the pandemic. And just, we get along really well. And I think it was, yeah, 2022, we had been chatting. I'd just been down to a big event in Newcastle. She was on her way down to a big event in London. Um, I'd been to something else in Manchester the couple of weeks before. She'd been over in Dublin. Literally, we were all over the place. And one of us, neither of us can remember which one said it. One of us said, wouldn't it be amazing if we didn't have to travel to go to one of these events? And then we just started to complain about it more and more. And as is often the case, eventually you get to a point where you think, I'm so sick of hearing myself complain about this. I'm going to have to do something about it. So this was in October of 23, no, 22, sorry. October 22, we decided we were just going to go for it and get something done as quickly as we could. And we looked at the calendar of events that we'd been to or that we knew existed already. And we saw that February was a woefully quiet month. And, you know, it's a dark month. It's a cold month, especially in Scotland. And we thought, right, that's the month to do it. But obviously it gave us 
around three months to organise with a little thing called Christmas and New Year in the middle. So we had our work cut out for us. So the first event ran early February 2023 and then we just had our second event um, earlier this month or for the listeners last month. So within the personal brand business roadmap framework, I don't actually have hosting your own event, but it should be on there and it will be on the next version. Great. Because traditionally, those people who are the nexus of an event like that have benefits. And I'm curious to hear from you what impact being the organizer of that has had on your business, on your personal brand and other things that it might have led to. Okay. I I actually love this conversation because... I think it's really inspirational for anyone that is starting out or who have been, you know, quietly doing their work for a number of years and now they're just getting into this idea of speaking at an event or being part of an event because I had never spoken on a stage in front of people in a business context in my life until I held my own event alongside Nikki. So I think somewhere subconsciously, I realized that if I wanted to elevate my brand and actually become someone that people wanted to hear from, it was going to take me years to get to a place where I could speak on a stage in front of a hundred odd people. So I fast tracked that by just doing my own thing. And that's kind of my personality anyway. I'll just, you know, everyone can get out of the way. I'm going to do it myself. So for anyone who's who's interested in that idea, if you have an idea that you really want to get off the ground, but you're telling yourself you don't have the experience or you don't have permission or you don't have the right to do it yet, what I'm just going to say is that if you don't do it, someone else will do it and it'll really annoy you. So just do the thing whatever it is that's going on in your mind. And if you can't do it by yourself, do what I did, which is collaborate with someone that you really enjoy working with or that you really enjoy spending time with anyway. Because Nikki and I, it is very hard work, but we have such a great time in the development of it and the planning of it and execution. So go for it. In terms of what it's done for me, I think it's really, I've, I have one business as a result from people that I would never have met, I don't think. Um, I get invited onto things in podcasts like this now and to be on people's YouTube channels. But people are really interested in what I have to say now and they refer me and they will share my stuff online. I'm just somebody that people think about now and what that that's been a really short amount of time that that's happened so I haven't got a big head about it because as I say I'm the same on stage at Adventures in Marketing I'm the same if you were to see me in the pub I'm the same person everywhere but it has elevated my profile and people know who I am well not everyone but lots of people know who I am now and what I do and that's that's been great and I know events like yours they have a bit of a reputation for being financially risky you and Nikki don't strike me as people who take risks with money and I'm (laughs) curious to know what safeguards you've had in place to protect yourself from the things that often go wrong in other people's events 
So safeguard, well, the first year we just went for it because we, you don't know what you don't know, right? So you just kind of go for it and see what happens, see what sticks, see what people are interested in. We were very fortunate in that both Nikki and I have made it our business to um, to have a network of people that we really, we find exciting and inspiring and that also want the same things for their business that we do. So when we invited speakers, we had a, a hit list of people that we really wanted and thought, you know, maybe one third of them will say yes and then we'll have to find others. But actually everyone said yes. Everyone really went for it. So we were lucky the first year that we had an amazing group of speakers that, automatically brought people to the event so I guess that was the biggest safeguard we had was that we just got some really good speakers this year that's just passed we focused more on sponsorship and we took out insurance because we know with the weather the train strikes all of that kind of stuff we just wanted to be able to have that peace of mind and really still go for it, you know, with no fears really, and critically to be able to give people their ticket money back if that, you know, if the event had to be cancelled for, you know, snow or floods or whatever winter in Scotland likes to throw at us. Before I come off the conference altogether, if anybody is in the UK, or even if you're coming from, I have, I think I have a one person coming from the US for next year's conference. I need oh, to check. She said she was coming. <laughs> but what can people expect at the conference? So I loved your use of the word boutique because boutique doesn't always mean small in size to me. It means um, care and attention and, uh, and comfort. And that's what we really wanted to do with Adventures in Marketing. We wanted to make it a place where extroverts and introverts could come together and both feel like they were coming away from the event with practical tools and real advice that they could implement straight away, but also for them to feel like they had met the right people and that they'd been looked after and cared for. Um, so, yeah, it's we genuinely look after the people that are there. You know, we'll make it our... We're excellent hosts, so we make it our um, priority to m- make sure that we see people, we you know, welcome them in. We spend time chatting to them and just get them settled for a day of learning. So there's lots of learning. There's lots of inspiration. The speakers are all people who are doing things differently. It's not about following the norm for them. And the reason that we've chosen to set it up like that is that there's no two clients that are the same. There's no two business owners that are the same. What works for you, Bob, might not work for me and vice versa. And so the the only way we can grow confidently and actually continue every day to get up and try and be successful is to do things that feel great and feel, you know, excite us and that we're curious about. So, so Nikki and I are, we pride ourselves on our hosting skills. We want people to feel properly looked after when they come to the event, whether you are shy, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, we want you to get as much out of the event as possible. So we give people lots of opportunity to get settled in. We introduce people that we know are a little bit quieter or are on their own. We'll introduce them to people so that they feel like they've got a pal for the day. We also give 
um, an opportunity to sign up for a buddy if that's what you really want because we've all been to events where we feel awkward and alone so having a buddy right from the start can really help people so we take care to make sure that people's needs are met um, before the actual event even begins and then the day is full of learning and networking collaborating there are workshops usually skill sharing and really impactful talks from speakers who excite Nikki and I and who inspire Nikki and I and who we know can share so much value with the people in the audience because um, no two business owners are the same. Everyone's trying to do things their way and feel comfortable and excited about their business as they grow. And so they want to hear from people from all different parts of the business journey. So we don't just have big name speakers because people who are quite new to their business life have value to add to and you know I'm I'm an example of that I was new to business and new to speaking and I still got really great feedback for my talk so we make sure that we are inclusive no matter who you are where you're from and where you are in your business journey if you've got a story to tell then it's worth hearing and we want to we want to hear from you basically one of the things I loved about the conference is a lot of marketing conferences you go to most of them they focus on tech and tactics and strategy. Yeah. And for example, you can go to talks about YouTube or TikTok and they'll tell you all about the platforms and how to leverage them and exploit them. Mm. But what they don't tell you is how to overcome your own fear yeah. in order to create content. And I, I go to social media marketing world, for example, sorry, Mike, and you <laughs> watch these talks and I can see people's hearts sinking that they love the idea, but they don't identify as content creators. Mm -hmm. And that's actually the monster they have to battle at the moment. Yeah. And Adventures in Marketing, the title is deceptively apt that it's as much about the, the monsters here as it is about the monsters outside. And I would say at least 60% of your content was geared towards helping people with that side of things rather than the tech and the tactics. Because the truth is, you can Google all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Personal growth is the precursor to online growth. And I've never been to a conference where, where there was as much attention put on building your creator identity, becoming confident with that, overcoming all the mindset monsters. So that yeah. was really refreshing for me. Great. Well, I mean, that is the idea. There's, there's only really one thing holding you back in business, and that is yourself. And so if you can get... I mean, obviously, you're not going to get over everything by being at one event. But if you can start to understand that even people that you would look up to in business have come from a place where they've had challenges and struggles and they've taken risks that have failed, then you can start to understand that what you're going through is perfectly normal and it's all part of the adventure. And then you're sitting at big round tables with, you know, people from, again, all different um, industries and walks of life and different lengths of experience. And suddenly through conversation, you start to recognize that what you think you're doing wrong or that you think you're going through alone, everyone else at the table has a similar story or can relate yeah. to you. Then suddenly you don't, you're no longer this one person trying to make all the decisions and taking all the risks and doing all the things in front of your laptop. You're actually part 
of a really inspiring, a really exciting network of people who are all doing the same as you. Everyone's just trying to do their best. And suddenly you can link arms with these people and, you know, go forward as a team rather than just one isolated person trying to make all the decisions yourself, because that's hard. It's difficult to get up every single day and be that person sometimes. So just knowing that other people genuinely, you can read about it on Instagram, you can read about it on LinkedIn, that other people have got challenges and here's my vulnerability post for the week and all that kind of thing. But getting in the room and speaking to real people and making connections will take you so much further. And that's what Adventures in Marketing is all about and will continue to be all about. Abby, I'm looking at the clock and I have taken a lot of your time so I guess what I need to ask for the listeners, if people are listening and they want to go deeper with you, how can they do that? I know you have your messaging blitz workshop coming up yeah. like any day now. So do you want to maybe just tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's a two-week program, actually, and it's a combination of workshops, Q&A sessions, and then tiny little bite-sized bits of inspiration. So the idea is that you'll start the Blitz not really understanding much about messaging and certainly having no clarity in your messaging. And over the two weeks, we I will teach you about the Blitz framework. I'll teach you how to apply it to your business. And then I'll, I send small bite-sized videos every day to help you start thinking about your key messages. By the end of the two weeks, you will have all of your key messages written, including your overall main message that you want to share with the world. So in just two short weeks, you'll go from you know, messy messaging to clear messaging that makes you feel really excited and really confident about talking about the work you do in a way that makes you feel great. That sounds very compelling. If people want to find out more about that, where can they do it? It will be all over my website, abc.co.uk. And I'm going to share with you the link to my messaging basics guide. So if people download that, they'll also get an invitation to join the two-week blitz. Okay, wherever you find this podcast, that link will be there. Abby, you have been awesome. I've had a great time. Before I let you go, one last question. Yes. What's one thing you do now that you wish you'd started five years ago? I wish that I had been consistent with some of the things that I started really early on. So I had a YouTube channel that I, every week without fail, I did a little five to 10 minute video about a certain topic and I did it all through lockdown when, um, you know, everything else was turning to custard. I still managed to do it. And and then it fell by the wayside. And I remember thinking at the time, ah, what does it matter? No one was really watching it anyway. And I probably didn't have the right information. And, you know, it was a Mickey Mouse attempt, blah, 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 all the mindset stuff that we're all so familiar with. And here we are years down the line. If I had just kept that up once a week, I would have a really strong platform with all of my content for people to visit I would have a following I would be known on YouTube so yeah I just wish that I had consistently kept up the thing that I actually really enjoyed doing but I let my mindset get the better of me. It happens all the time and I think it's so easy to underestimate the compounding effect of time. Yeah. But 
there is also the flip side of this, which I'm quite sure you know that there's this whole thing of what's the best time to plant a tree. 20 years yeah. ago, was the next best time. Yeah, exactly. Right now. So now you know. I mean, I've had great fun. This has been really useful for me personally. Frankly, that's what the podcast is for. Hopefully the listener got something as well. But that does bring us to the end of another show. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bob. Really loved it. So thank you at home for listening. If you did enjoy the show, again, I would remind you to leave a five-star review. That's five wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're on YouTube, it's a like, a subscribe and a comment. They will go a long way to training the algorithm in the, the understanding that I'm awesome. If you did enjoy the show, you will love the personal brand business roadmap. It's everything you need to start, scale and fix your expert business. 50 pages, completely free as a gift from me. Just visit amplifyme.agency forward slash roadmap. Thank you for listening and I will see you again next time.